0: Blame Game Victims, Challenging the Four Invaders Hidden Within Us. Today's message is entitled, The Gift That Keeps on Giving. Last time, we began uh, taking a look at forgiveness and its relationship to anger. Now, when we begin to look at forgiveness and its impact on our hurt, it really feels like we're rewarding our enemy. I mean, we're making a decision to reward our enemy. But when we look at forgiveness in the shadow of the cross, it's really just a gift from one undeserving person to another. Forgiveness is a gift which frees us from the shackles of bitterness and resentment. In light of the forgiveness offered to us from God, our freedom from the penalty of sin is achieved when we accept that forgiveness. When our forgiveness is given to our offenders, we are, in a very real sense, set free from their offenses as well. And this is what Paul drives home in Ephesians 4.32. Please read that verse on your own. And... and. To really understand and receive the impact of this verse, you have to be a forgiven person. Because if you're not, this verse will simply not make any sense to you at all. Hesitancy to forgive is most often found when we evaluate our decision to forgive based on what was done to us, rather than what was done for us. And that's a big rather than. You see, because it's all about perspective. We as believers must forgive from the perspective of the cross and that, my friends, can be very liberating. The parable that we looked at in our last segment is so big and speaks so loudly in this regard. Just like the servant, who was forgiven of a debt he could never pay, we have been forgiven of a debt we could never pay. I don't know if that realization has ever occurred to us even though we've probably heard this parable countless times over the years. Now in light of this newly found realization, when comparing comparing our anticipated act of forgiveness I think you would agree that the least we can do is cancel the debts owed to us by others. Remember this, as Christians, we're not responsible for how others treat us, but we are responsible for how we treat others. And we've been called to forgive because we have been forgiven by our Heavenly Father, not because our offenders deserve to be forgiven. And I don't want you to think that this is a one-time deal. In God's word, the tense used is very important. And in Ephesians 4.32, the word forgiving is in the present tense. Paul is indicating that this forgiving thing has to become a mindset, a reflex action An attitude of heart. We need to get in the habit of forgiving. If we want to keep our hearts free of that invader known as anger and its attitude of bitterness, forgiveness must become a way of life for us. This will serve us well when battling hurt and disappointment. Paul had a choice of two Greek words to use for forgiveness. He chose the one that conveys the idea of forgiveness as being a gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, does this mean that forgiveness is something that will become easy and feel good? Absolutely not. Forgiveness feels just the opposite. I don't think we'll ever feel like forgiving. This is why that in the word of God, forgiveness is never put forth as a feeling, but rather it's presented as a decision. Forgiveness is a gift that we make, a choice to give, regardless of how we might be feeling about it. Forgiveness is always a decision. Now, in order to destroy this parasitic invader we've identified as anger, there is a cycle of forgiveness that we can follow, a process, if you will. And here are the four phases. One, identify with the person you are angry at. Number two, determine what they owe you. Three, cancel the debt. Four, dismiss the case. Now, let's take a look at each one of these phases. Number one, identify with the person that you're angry at. Forgiveness is more than just making a decision to forget the past and move on with your life. Forgetting a debt is a, is a much different animal than canceling it. So, it becomes necessary to make a list of those people who have mistreated you or taken advantage of you. These are your offenders. When making this list, you should go back as far as necessary and don't assume that because you've put some offenses behind you that you have forgiven someone. And while this exercise may not be a fun thing to do, it is important. So you want to really task your memory. So come on, man, make the list. Number two, determine what they owe you. This phase is so very important. And while many may want to skip it, don't. Because if you do, you may fall into the trap of forgiving generally but not specifically. Remember that in the parable that Jesus used, the king forgave a specific amount that was owed to him by the servant, and we have to determine exactly what those who have hurt us owe us. Listen up. You may know what the person did to hurt you, but you must know exactly what they took. And until you can answer that, you will not be ready to forgive. You see, without knowing what they took, you may merely go through the motions of forgiveness, but you will not experience the freedom that you're looking for. General forgiveness does not heal specific hurts. So zero in on what was taken from you. What do the people on your list owe you? What did they take from you? What would they need to return in order to put things back the way they were? Be very specific here. And remember this. You cannot cancel a debt that you have not clearly defined. And that brings us to number three, cancel the debt. Without the previous phase, without knowing or determining what the offender owes you, this phase of canceling the debt cannot be accomplished. What does it mean to cancel the debt? It means that your offender doesn't owe you anything anymore. Just as Jesus Christ canceled our debt at the cross, we must cancel the debts that others owe us. Now, how you cancel the debt is your decision. Is cancellation a quiet decision of your heart? Or will something more tangible be required? It's up to you. For the hurt that occurred in the past, you may feel the need and there may be advantages to physicalizing your decision to forgive. And What do I mean by that? Some of you may want to make a list and then burn it. Others, others may choose to bury their list. Some may want to nail it to a cross as a reminder of what Jesus did for their sins. And there may be other ways of physicalizing your decision to forgive. And again, that's totally up to you. But for the daily offenses, the ones we come across every day, a quick yet simple but specific declaration is all you may need to do. The one thing that's really not necessary and may do more harm than good is to tell the person you have forgiven that you have and this is a question that probably comes up all the time you may have the same question in your mind and uh, again uh there are there is an exception to this and that would be when someone asks you to forgive them or returns to apologize for an incident from the past Otherwise, the forgiveness transaction is between you and God. Number four, dismiss the case. The final phase is your daily decision to not reopen your case. This may be a difficult one due to the fact that our feelings may not agree with our decision to forgive. And remember... Forgiveness does not erase our memories. We hear it all the time. We hear this phrase all the time, forgive and forget. And while that would be nice, that would be such a nice thing to do, forgive and forget, it's not the norm in most cases. There will always be something that reminds us of the offense. Memories will be triggered, and yes, those old feelings will come back like a flood. When this occurs, the normal responses are not good ones. We should never take hold of the offense all over again, and we should certainly not try to suppress the thoughts that emerge. The best way to handle the situation is to hit it head-on. Remember the incident even allow yourself to feel the emotions, but, and I say, but, 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 don't reopen the case. Make the choice to restate your decision. He or she does not owe me any more. Then, go to uh, our Heavenly Father with thankfulness for giving us the grace and strength to forgive. Your focus now has to be on the truth that this debt has been, indeed, cancelled. You know it's cancelled because you made the decision to cancel it. Your decision will remain even as feelings come and feelings go. Remember, memories are just that, memories. They are not your enemies. Their impact is determined by what you do with them. Truly forgiving does not equate to truly forgetting. That's, that's a big one. Let me say that one again. Truly forgiving does not equate to truly forgetting. Eventually, over time, those conflicting and judgmental feelings that will invariably rear their ugly heads will change. It it will take time, but those ugly feelings will change. So now we're left with a question. Is it wrong to want to be paid back for what was taken? The answer to that question is an emphatic no. The problem, however, is that in most cases, it's impossible to be paid back for what was taken. Go back to the parable which speaks to this problem. The king, no matter how he handled the situation, was never going to be made whole. He was going to be out a lot of money, no matter how he handled the situation the servant would never be in a position to pay what he owed. The simple fact. When faced with the question of what was actually taken from them, many people today must come to the same realization that that the debt just simply can't be paid. Reputations cannot be paid back. Missing relationships cannot be paid back. Years of criticism cannot be paid back. These are debts that cannot be repaid, so why not just cancel them? That seems to be the best remedy, the best thing that one can do. Nothing, nothing can make up for the past. Compensation for the emotional component involved in hurt cannot be accomplished. If you want the seeds of bitterness to take root and grow, then you can cling to your hurt while waiting to be repaid, waiting for that apology, waiting for that repayment. When you do this, you are allowing the offender who hurt you to do it over and over and over again. We now have, we're now left with one last question of extreme importance that comes into play when, when a, when a person who has heart disease discovers it. The question that person has is, how do I fix it? They're usually not concerned how they got it or where it came from or even whose fault it is. We should show the same type of concern when it comes to the anger that invades our heart. Neither the blame game nor the waiting game will make anything better. The only cure is forgiveness. In these challenging times in which we live, neglect, insensitivity, and injustice are the norm. Forgiveness must, become a habit in our lives. It's not an option. Forgiveness must become a habit in our lives. Unresolved anger from intentional and unintentional hurt is the most devastating of the four invaders that we will discuss in this series. It does, however, have the potential to be the easiest to overcome if we simply cancel the debt. But this, again, is a choice, a decision that we must declare. You don't owe me. You don't owe me. You don't owe me. See you next time.